Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm excited to welcome Ada Chen. Ada is the CEO and founder of the Cultivate Method, the modern marketing method for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Her mission is to make the world a better place, and she's deeply passionate about empowering entrepreneurs. Prior to founding the Cultivate Method, Ada was the product marketing lead for Atlassian's Confluence product and began her career in the startup world. Welcome, Ada. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. I'd like to begin by having you share a little bit about your personal journey and your background with the audience. Yes. So um, I'm speaking to you today from my house in Denver, Colorado, but I actually am not from here. I'm a relatively recent transplant. Um, So I grew up uh, the child of two immigrants from Taiwan in New Jersey, Um, went to school in New York, um, studied finance and actually pursued it um, pre-professionally, worked my way through school and decided um, that at the end of all of that, you know, countless thousands of hours spent in these high-rise buildings that I didn't really want to be an investment banker. Um, So I actually ended up hightailing it out of the East Coast and moving to San Francisco, um, where I worked at some HR tech startups um, for a few years and really got in kind of very early on to build their products and get them out into the market um, before I took a more corporate job at Atlassian, um, where I was there for a few years just until this past March. And I also worked my way up there in product marketing. Um, So I got to learn a whole lot about marketing um, and now have kind of taken a step back. I always knew I wanted to start my own business. um, And up until, you know, this year, had no idea what I wanted to do for that business um, and was really inspired kind of um, this year to take the skills that I've been building in my career so far um, in the tech world and actually make them available for entrepreneurs, startups and you know, solo entrepreneurs and founders um, outside of, you know, Silicon Valley, where I was. So um, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm wondering if you could um, take us back to, you know, those final final year or, or final months when you were working at your last corporate position and some of the, um, some of the thoughts that were running through your head at the time that maybe were um, nagging at you to leave, start your own business, or maybe it was lifestyle choices that kind of drove you to, to make that decision because many entrepreneurs um, are afraid to make the leap. You know, many people kind of think about an idea or something they're really passionate about, but put it off for a long time. And then it, there's usually an inciting incident which gets them to kind of step off the cliff, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right. Um, I, I want to say the last nine months to a year, um, you know, weren't the smoothest um, on my end because I was trying to navigate, you know, what do I want to do next in my career? Um, and kind of really pinpointing what my next steps were. And, you know, being in a corporate environment, I I got a little comfortable. I'm not afraid to admit that. It was great to have opportunity to almost endless amounts of resources and, you know, a team to support me, um, as well as some of the perks like travel and and all of that stuff. Um, But what really pushed it over the edge was um, 
my partner had relocated um, from the Bay Area to Colorado for his job. His his whole company had actually <laughs> relocated here. Um, and I had brought it up uh, to, you know, my boss, my boss's boss and many other folks in my department and in other departments. Um, and, you know, there was just no way that they could figure out uh, for me to work remotely. Um, and, and it wasn't really a, a very different place I'd be. And a lot of the team I actually worked with is based in Sydney, Australia. And so they had no idea where um, in the U.S. I was <laughs> at any given point. Um, and so when push came to shove, we really couldn't figure it out. The policy, this was pre-COVID, um, hadn't been worked out. You know, I said, you know what? I really I am choosing my relationship, my uh, lifestyle, so to speak, um, above this uh, kind of corporate job that's holding me here. Um, and I did kind of have to trust that it would work itself um, out. And I worked with a really great uh, professional you know, career coach to figure out what my next steps were um, to the point where when I did move um, in March and leave my job, it, it did feel like the right step for me um, to be doing that. And was that was that a scary time? Oh, it was so it was it was crazy. <laughs> um, I actually I left San Francisco the day that the city went into lockdown. San Francisco was the first city in the U.S. to go into um, a partial or a full lockdown. Um, and so I was really packing everything up um, a few weeks earlier than I had expected, kind of checking things in suitcases and scrambling to the airport um, just to make it to our house in Denver um, in time because we had no idea what was going to be happening. Um, I had no idea what would be going on in the world. You know, I went I went through um, an ideation process, you know, shortly after leaving my job um, to figure out what are my different options? What do I want to work on? Because I knew I wanted to do something impactful um, that I would want to work on for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years um, down the line, hopefully well into retirement age. Um, and so that was definitely quite scary. And then, you know, I had some family uh, health issues come up that I had to start dealing with a few months into that. And so that kind of threw another a uh, bit of uncertainty into everything I was juggling. Wow. So once you got to Denver and, and got set up, it sounds like, you know, you're literally launching um, in the middle of a, you know, of a global pandemic, which is, you know, pretty challenging. Um, although a lot of people say that the, some of the best startups happen in a time of complete uh, global crisis. Um <laughs> And but it's not for the faint of heart, right? So so walk us through uh, walk us through that journey, how you set up your business, what the Cultivate Method is all about, and and your own um, discovery of the why um, behind your passion for the company. Yeah. So I like I said, I went through kind of an ideation process. I wrote down quite a long list of different ideas that I had for projects I wanted to work on or companies or business ideas that I had. And they were all over the place because, you know, I think everyone has, um, is very multifaceted and has different interests. And for me, um, I wanted to find something that I wanted to work on that could not only leverage a lot of the professional skills that I had learned um, in Silicon Valley and San Francisco, but could also, you know, do some good in the world. Um, and so that basically led me to creating the Cultivate Method, which is a company I started to provide free and paid resources for 
small business owners, entrepreneurs, founders, even, you know, solo marketing teams, which I have been before, um, to learn more about marketing. And I, I saw, um, if you will recall, that at the beginning of lockdown in many places, a lot of businesses, it seemed like anywhere you'd shopped or dined in the last 10 years, sent you an email. Um, and I saw a lot of these emails. And a lot of them, I, you know, my heart ached a lot for the entrepreneurs sending them. But with my marketing hat on, I was just screaming into the void. I was like, you're doing this one thing wrong. Like you could fix one little thing. And I'm sure this would be way more effective in conveying your message. Um, And so I really saw a need in terms of the entrepreneurial community um, for support and learning around marketing because there was a lot of, you know, not as efficient marketing going on like those emails I said or even folks spending money on social media ads that they didn't necessarily know generated sales for them Um, and I just felt like if I could educate everyone on what's effective what's not and how to prioritize their marketing and really how to think about it from the lens of someone who's been doing it on behalf of startups and corporations um, then that could help so many other businesses And when I got to researching to see if anything existed like this, everything I found was really focused on, you know, marketing tips for marketers. And it was really technical. And I was like, there's no way that anybody with their own business has the time or the energy to read this technical stuff, um, nor do they have the, you know, energy to figure out what all this jargon means. And so the Cultivate Method is really about distilling down all of those big ideas and tips and tricks you see about marketing and making it really tactical so that you can actually use it and apply it to your own business. And uh, that's fantastic. It's so needed. And um, it sounds like you're you're focused on small business owners, but also on entrepreneurs who are starting out and launching their website, et cetera. Um, what has been kind of the feedback um, from your customers? Yeah, the feedback's been great. Um, surprisingly, I you know I launched it. I talked to a few friends in all different industries in terms of you know their entrepreneurship journeys. I talked to folks who are consultants, who are creative entrepreneurs, who have small businesses like a restaurant or a coffee shop, um, and I really got a good cross section and showed them some advanced uh, copies of the ebook I was publishing and some of the work I was putting out there and they were very excited. Um, but I really didn't know would anyone actually pay me for this. And surprisingly on the first day that my website was out, I happened to be hosting a workshop online. Um, and someone did, and I was pleasantly surprised that the feedback kept coming from there. Um, and it was positive and folks were really, um, inspired to read more and learn more and really take control of their business's marketing because they they could see that it was a, a huge part of where they could grow. And it was also something that was, I don't know if down to earth is the right way to put it, but accessible um, and written in a way where you or I, um, if we didn't have any background in marketing or advertising or any of that could read something for, you know, five minutes and come away with some really tactical takeaways to actually apply um, some of those strategies to your business and see some immediate results, which is great. And some of the quotes I've been getting back are just, uh, they make, (laughs) they make me so happy. That's awesome. I want to see that ebook. So we'll talk, we'll talk offline, but, um, and we should actually make it available through our site as well so that people can access it. 
Um, let me ask you for, for listeners, because I, th- I don't think there's anybody who's not in business, uh, whether it's personal marketing, your own personal brand, your small business, or as an entrepreneur starting out and building a larger company that can't benefit from marketing advice. What do you see as kind of some of the top three mistakes that, that a lot of business owners make? Oh man, I, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> um, if, I were to say my top three would be prioritization, um, sourcing ideas, and then setting expectations. And so what I mean by that is, you know, prioritization is really key. Um, And when you are looking at your marketing initiatives or your campaigns or even ideas that you have for things you want to do for marketing yourself or your business, you need to actually prioritize those and decide which ones to spend time on first. You can't possibly do it all. Um, at least not all at once. And so you need to look at what will have the most impact um, and how much time each of those ideas will take. And what you're looking for is some balance between um, something that will get you a lot of impact but won't take all of your time. So the most bang for your buck. And that's really Mm -hmm. where prioritization comes in. Um, I think another, the other thing that I mentioned was making a list or gathering ideas. So often we are doing things like this, like bookmarking, you know, something we want to buy online and coming back to it, making a Pinterest board or a mood board um, for, you know, most of the time it's shopping, let's be honest. Um, (laughs) But if you're thinking about it in terms of marketing, um, a lot of what professional marketers do is saving down campaigns that they find inspiring or funny or witty to just refer back to when they're thinking of new ideas. And it's almost like your own personal Pinterest board for marketing ideas. And that I find super helpful in terms of not having to reinvent the wheel every time, but being able to be inspired by others. Um, And then expectations. You have to be able to set expectations with your customers. Um, And as long as you can meet them, you are doing well in your marketing. Don't set yourself up for uh, failure by setting unrealistic expectations. So a lot of the time um, I'm thinking about folks who announce they're going to you know, sell a new product or launch something by a certain deadline. And if you think you can meet that deadline, share it. Um, If you think you have an approximate one, share it. But if you're not sure or you aren't ready to share yet, don't share it. Don't set that expectation with your customer. Um, There are plenty of ways around it like, hey, it's coming soon or hey, we're working on it, um, where, you know, you can set that type of expectation with your customer. And when you do meet it, you're ending up surprising and delighting them um, when you are ready to share whatever your product is with them. Got it. I mean, those are all good practical pieces of advice that I think that um, I'm not minimizing them. I'm just saying that, you know, there, there are things that you oftentimes don't think about it as it pertains to um, to marketing strategy. For example, making a list when you decide you're going to design a room or refurbish a room or build a house, you typically kind of put together a notebook of inspirational ideas, tear sheets out of magazines, right? So that when you get to that point, you can flip through there for ideas. So I think that doing a competitive benchmarking by looking at what your competition has done or what inspires you and, and reverting back to that is super smart. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so now that your company is launched, um, obviously it's been a 20, um, a 2020 venture. So your early days and you're probably now getting ready to, um, do kind of a full on marketing, um, effort, I presume. So just to wrap this up, where are you currently in your trajectory? 
So I am about uh, two or three months into being launched. Um, it's been great so far. Definitely still getting feedback um, from friends and family, folks in my network, even folks uh, second or third degree connections as well. Um, so what I'm working on is actually building up more recognition and building up awareness. So um, I think the way that I approach marketing is very different from those kind of I don't want to say bait and switch type classes online, but I take a more thoughtful, um, strategic approach to marketing. And so uh, it's definitely something that I'm applying to my own marketing. So mm -hmm. I'm in that awareness stage. Um, in the next few months, we'll be continuing to build that out. We are launching some more free and paid resources for folks getting the word out there. Um, and then hopefully by mid-2021, end of, you know, I'm looking at like Labor Day of next year, um, we'll be doing some more things outside of purely like written content, um, which is mainly where I'm focused right now. And we'll be doing a lot more of our own video podcast, that type of content as well. Got it. Great. So let's talk about your startup hacks that you have used this year as you've been ideating around this um, idea for your business, uh, developing it, building it, launching it. What were some of the strategies that you used to save time and, and money that you could share with the audience and to, and to preserve a competitive edge? Oh yeah. Um, I, I hate to beat on, <laughs> beat on this again, but it's definitely about organization and prioritization. So I even apply that to how I run my business. Um, so I use um, a tool that, you know, was made by my previous company. It's called Trello um, to organize my weekly to-do list and even work to get done, you know, past this week. So I keep myself to a Monday to Friday schedule. So every Friday at the end of the day, I journal a bit about how my week has gone. And then I write my weekly to-do list for the next week in my Trello board. Um, and I keep a list of my upcoming work that needs to be done in like a backlog type list. And I move it into the upcoming week as it's kind of, you know, coming up and needs to be done. Um, and then every week I have a done list where when I finish a task, I move it there. So it's kind of like a virtual <laughs> cross off of a to-do list. Right. Um, I find it really satisfying. Other folks use other tools, but um, my tip is find a tool that works for you. And when you're looking for tools, always, always search for the word free plus whatever <laughs> you're looking for. Don't just look for best or, you know, top um, because those best and top tools are going to come up with a lot of not expensive, but, you know, some tools that cost money. Um, and if you're not looking to spend money, the best way to find tools that are free is to use the word free when you're searching for them. Um, I so also, <laughs> I'm also like a huge time management nerd. So I make sure I take breaks during the day, which I think is super important right now since, you know, normally I'd imagine I'd be working out of a co-working space or a cafe and it's purely in my house right now, which, you know, is it, for many of us is the case if we're that lucky. Um, so I do, I do try to take set breaks for lunch and just walks during the day to break it up. Um, and then I also keep one day a week for my quote unquote admin tasks. And so that could be anything from paying the bills to, you know, checking on some personal admin work that I need to do. And knowing that I have that set day means that I can take all the time I need on the other days to get my work done um, and take 
all of my time and energy and concentrate um, on doing those admin tasks on the specific day. And that's been super helpful in terms of, you know, managing if you have, like I said, bills already, but if you have bills, if you have a mortgage, if you have health insurance things to take care of, you know, all those things where the office is only open nine to five, Monday to Friday, and you're like, who has time to do this? Because I also have a job Monday to Friday, nine to five. Right. (laughs) I find that scheduling that in um, is super helpful. So do you, um, so you don't do any work on weekends, it sounds like, and that's part of your self-care. I try not to. And yes, that's an active part of my self-care. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, excellent advice. And I myself use Trello and I can't say that I have all of its functionality down. I think it's a much more powerful tool than I'm utilizing, but I do find it so easy to use and, um, and has been a real game changer, especially when you're working with a bunch of different people on a project and it's a great place to track progress and assign responsibilities and see updates, et cetera. I sound like a Trello commercial, but I do think (laughs) it's a great product. Um, So let's switch gears um, as we're starting to wind down on the show. And I wanted to ask you a couple um, non-related hack questions, if I could. And my first question is, if you could wave a magic wand, what one thing drives you crazy that you wish someone would find a solution for that would help your productivity and your sanity? (laughs) Um, I laugh because this is this was often a question that I would ask customers in my corporate job. Oh, you're kidding, um, really? No, it was one of my favorite questions. I would say um, if there was a magic wand that someone could wave to solve that uh, a lack of awareness or customer research that some folks do, um, I did a whole ton of research before launching my business um, and made sure that there was some amount of product market fit Um, and what I was building and who needed it. Um, And, you know, it's not perfect and I still have to work on it. And I think that applies to many, many businesses. But wow, the number of folks that I see that are jumping to all these conclusions about the things they need to fix with their business that they think might have to do with marketing, but really it comes down to, have you talked to a customer lately? Mm -hmm. Um, I wish that someone could wave a magic wand and either make that faster or easier because right now it just seems that it's scary for a lot of people because they think it could take, you know, hours and hours of their time. Right, right. And sometimes don't even know where to begin depending upon who the customer is. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or they don't even know how to reach their customers, in which case I'm like, oh, you you might have some more problems to fix there. Yes, which really kind of addresses that key recommended um, point that's often thrown out there, which is if you're going to start a business, start with something that you know well. Yes. Yeah, it def- start- definitely helps. Oh, it's it helps tremendously if you are the market or know the market or can get a really good understanding of it. Um, And you never know, you might learn something new about the problem you're trying to solve in the process. Right, absolutely. So my last question as we wrap up is, if there's one entrepreneur out there listening today, and hopefully there's thousands, um, what one piece of advice would you give him or her that you wish someone had told you starting out? 
I would say be kind to yourself. Um, you know, it's really easy to get caught up and to want to work all the time and really put your blood, sweat and tears and your time, money and energy into getting your business off the ground and making it successful. And for a lot of people, it is about survival, right? They've they've only got a certain amount of runway or savings to get them through um, and they need to build their business to a certain point where it can sustain them. Um, and I think sometimes when that happens, we go into autopilot and we forget to really be kind to ourselves and remember why we're doing what we're doing. There's obviously a passion that led you to building your business. Um, and that passion will be really key in helping you succeed. Um, and so you have to remember that passion and to really honor yourself and be kind to yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself um, when you're putting things out in the world um, that will ultimately, you know, fix a problem or help a customer um, and to trust that you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. Well, Ada, thank you so much for being on Startup Hacks today. Your insights were fantastic. And if our listeners would like to reach you or learn more about the Cultivate Method, where should they go? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Thecultivatemethod.com is our website. You can get our free resources there. We've also got some paid kits and templates. And there's actually a 15% off code for any of our listeners today with the code STARTUP, S-T-A-R-T-U-P, valid through December 31st. Um, if you want to do any of our paid kits or templates, um, they're pretty low cost and really easy to use. And then you can also follow our Instagram at The Cultivate Method. Fantastic. Well, thank you again and tune in next week. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that can save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina. See you next week.